Dude. Dude. Sup? Sup? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Dude Sup Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, and with me, as always, the inevitably bald, old, grumpy man, Peter. Hi, everybody. How's it going? What's going on? Uh, It's going fine. Life here is copacetic. You're retired. You don't have anything special going on, so... Must be nice being retired instead of having to do this work shit. Well, I've always said I love retirement, and I do. The only downside is you're old enough to retire. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. Unless you're... Well, that's why we got to win the lottery, right? Then I can retire. Isn't that the truth? Well, we buy tickets, we try. Um, Although I wouldn't. I wouldn't retire if I won the lottery. Yes, you would. Give me a break, Dan. No, I, no. what would I do? Well, you'd open Papa Schmears and oversee exactly. it. And do, but that's overrated, too. Is it? Yeah, you just need to relax and hang out. And but I could do that, too, I guess. But, uh, you know, along with, with uh, Rule 4, computer died the other day, got a new computer, which is fine. And I, I will tell you, I was very surprised at how easy it was to recover stuff. I, I think I've lost photos um, off the computer, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to get those back. By but- having us send them to you again. I and I yes and and you're right and that that's unfortunately way but all of the older ones uh, the Andrea ones I'm gonna have to recoup those somewhere, um, but you know well, yeah. was your hard drive fried because they should be able to pull stuff off of that computer or the hard drive if it's not completely fried. They didn't mention it, and I think that the hard drive was equally fried. Uh, in addition to the battery and the operating system. Hmm. But be that as it may, here we are, new one. Shout out to my wife who allowed me to get the computer that I wanted. Um, you know, if you're in debt, what's a few more thousand, babe? It's just in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've been so, there. So that's what's happening here. And you and the kids? Uh, kids are good. Ashlyn's talking up a storm. Man, I had something to say to go along with. Oh, photos. Um, we have we've had this terabyte sized external hard drive forever, probably yes. two three years, and we've never used it. We you know, and both of our phones are max capacity. They're both sixty four gigs, I think, and we each have forty five gigabytes of photos and videos alone on our phone. So finally sat down and was able to and of course it's always kind of scary we we you know uploaded all of the photos and videos from our phones to the drive we still have 900 gigabytes left of open space no i backed up all of our podcasts we've done so far to the hard drive but but you know it's still always scary to delete them off your phone because you want every single photo. And what if one got missed somehow or it didn't transfer properly or, and now we're deleting them off the phone and then they're gone forever if you don't have them, you know? So that's always a little scary, but did that, got it backed up. So that's always nice to to have that backup when you Yeah. And it. I think I'll be able to pull a lot of photos from uh, Google photos. Sure. 
because that's where the phone pictures all, all went, <laughs> and uh, I should be able to download them again to the computer. Um, yeah, and it, like I said, if there's anything that you distinctly remember that you don't have, we'll send it to you again. Any yes. videos of the kids or photos that you love or whatever. Of course. not, And that won't be a problem. It'll be a slow process. Good. Cool. Yeah, all good things all around it sounds like. we got a little trip coming up this weekend um, to Annapolis for Parlay. Uh, but that's all we got going on, so... Cool. Let's uh let's get into our twentieth life rule number twenty. Oh my goodness. Rule number twenty. Um I've been looking forward to this rule. Well, this you know, not all of the rules are serious or are you gotta really concentrate because you know shit happens or be cognizant and they're serious and we talk about them and and they're necessary to live. This one, this one started with my uncle Milty, um, and for the folks out there, and and I.E. Jameson and Casey and and Ashlyn when they're older, uh, my mother had three sisters and a brother, and one of the sisters, actually two sisters, I'm sorry, and a brother. Um, Aunt Harriet, who is Harold's mother, and adored, and Aunt Harriet was married to Uncle Milton, and Uncle Milton was funny as shit. And I remember him when I was a kid, always would go to a mall, or you go somewhere, or you're in somebody's house, and he'd always say, never pass up the opportunity to pee. And that's that's the life rule, rule number 20. Never pass up the opportunity to pee. And for the most part, I would think that a Dan at 33 um, can almost oh. bypass this rule for a while. Oh, no. It's ingrained in me. You, from oh, well, the time well, I was eight, and I remember you saying, Uncle Milty always said. And and he did. And we'd, we'd go to a mall, and if you passed the restroom, you'd stop, and you'd pee. Because invariably, you don't want to find yourself... Somewhere without a bathroom and you got to go. Yeah. And so, it's, it's something I'm working on with Jameson right now too. And it, I'm struggling a bit with it of rem- reminding him to go, you know, we're about to leave the house. Oh, I need to be the one to say, Jameson, go potty before we go, before we leave, whether he wants to or not, just at least go try. try. And, yes. And I'm, I'm still not there of remembering every time. So there's always that inevitable. We're either halfway to the store or as soon as we get to Target or whatever, it's, Dad, I need to pee. Okay. Yeah, that was on me. Should have done it before we left. But Right. And, and, you know, a lot of times you're not going to Target or a store that has a bathroom. And, and you know, especially with the kid who is being trained, um, it's tough when he's got to go and you got no place to take him. So yeah, you pass a bathroom, stop and pee. Um, it goes for girls too. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fun well, Especially Chelsea. God, Chelsea pees every five minutes is insane. I, but that's okay. And it's, it's, it's necessary. It's necessary, but it's fun. And it's not one of the more serious ones, but it's still a rule that should be followed and is important to be followed. 
yeah, we're, I think we're we're starting to hit the stride of some more fun rules as opposed to the serious ones, which were up front, which makes sense. Um, and but that, like I said, this is one that I remember you mentioning constantly to us as kids uh, that I am going to start instilling, especially in Jameson, um, and trying to get better. Of there's no reason not to try. You know, you're about to get on a plane for two hours. You don't think you have to go? Go try anyway. You're you know. We we're taking a little drive up to Annapolis. You'd better damn well know I'm going to make sure Jameson goes before we leave. And and how many? T- and Andre is good with that too. You know, you're you're ten minutes from boarding a plane. You're going to the bathroom. That's it. And you do. And then you don't have to go in the plane, or if you need to, you've got the plane. But always, don't pass up the opportunity to pee. Yeah, I think a lot of people would like that rule. And it's probably something a lot of people either do anyway because they go so much, yeah, unconsciously, or um, or because they never even think about it. They're just, you know, when I feel I have to go, I go. But um, I really like this rule. I remember you, and it was always Uncle Milty. I remember you even saying Uncle Milty had a rule. He also had a saying. I believe it was Uncle Milty had a saying as well. It's not a rule. No, it was um, a saying for him. But it was a saying, which was so, what was it, so tall, so so long? So tall, so long. <laughs> um, uncle Milty was my favorite uncle by far, and Harriet was my favorite aunt. Um, Harold, of course, is like a brother. So that piece of the family, history-wise, was very important. Uncle Milty was very funny, um, very nice. Um Good to have as an uncle. So that is the nostalgia there. All right. So dad's life rule number 20. Never pass up the opportunity to pee. Or should we say Uncle Milty's life rule? Uh, <laughs> no, my life rule, his guidance. There you go. That works. All right. Well, let's get into the Daily Dan Top 5 list brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels. Top 5 Bagel for a Top 5 Breakfast. Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at papashmearsbagels. Um, this was a good one that you kind of threw out to me earlier. Uh, that uh, it, Honestly, number 5 Picking number five for this list was a bit of a challenge for me. I think the top four were very easy for me to do. The list is the top five places I have lived or visited. And by visited, you got to be there at least a few days or maybe a day, I guess, but at least a, a couple of days, I think, to be able to visit a place and see what that place is about. Okay. So take um, it away. Well, I'm going to start with, you know, it it it's confusing based on your age and what you actually got out of visiting a place. But I would have to say at 10 years old, visiting New York, New York City, and going to a Yankee game um, with a subsequent trip to Cooperstown, to see the Baseball Hall of Fame. If we're talking about a trip or a visit, that New York visit has to be number one. And as an aside, we can also add the band trip in eighth grade 
where we went to New York City as well. And that that time saw the Statue of Liberty and played various places with the band um, and went, you know, in a group to various restaurants and all. So let's let's bottom line it and say New York. Yeah, New York's a great pull. Um, and it's definitely on the list. It is not number one, although you made some excellent points about Yankee games and you know, we got to see where you grew up, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but for me, there were a couple of other places that I think were a bit more meaningful to me uh, that take the top two spots. I have NYC at number three. Okay. But you're right. All those trips were great. The 10 years old going up for Josh's birthday um, and the 4th of July, the eighth grade band trip. Uh, all of that, I you know, I've always wanted to live in New York City. I don't think it'll ever happen in my life now that I have a family and everything. And Chelsea certainly doesn't want to live there, but uh, I, it's one of my favorite cities in the country. Um, this is going to sound ridiculous. Please, dear listener, understand that I'm old. And... <laughs> I don't remember stuff. I'm going to admit to you right this second, I don't remember the city you got married in. I don't even remember if it was Colorado. I think it was Colorado that you got Jesus, married. Jesus, dude. Yes, I was married in Colorado. The city was Parker, Colorado. Okay. I have to then I have to put Parker there as as a an important favorite place, top five place. That you have visited Parker, Colorado. You got married top, there. Shaka. Top five important place of my life, not top five favorite okay. place. Oh well, I, I you know, then there's San Diego. We had a great time in San Diego. It was a beautiful place. Uh we went there for Josh's wedding, but we we had rooms close by each other. We we had a lot of fun together. Um, I would I would put San Diego on the list. It's probably on my list. Shaka. San Diego's probably number six. Okay. Um, yes, you're right. San Diego was a lot of fun. I've been there twice now. Uh, once to move Josh out there for a day and a half or so. Um, and got to see uh, one side of San Diego. And then, of course, we were out there for his wedding which was a whole nother thing, which was also a lot of fun. Um, had a great time out there. Got to do a little baby moon with Chelsea before Ashlyn was born out there and got to explore downtown. Um, but I think there have been some other trips and places that I've been uh, that kind of top that for now. If I go back to San Diego a couple more times, it could certainly jump some of these places, but. Okay. it. Um, I'm not going to be a jerk and say Plantation, Florida, although it should be on the damn list. Shaka. Probably number 300 on the list. You're, you know, <laughs> in, in, in case I haven't told you before, Dan, you were adopted, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on, um, dude, this shouldn't be this hard. You're overthinking it. Well, I, I am. I, I'm, again, thinking about, again, where this says places to live, um, I am or visit Maryland has to be there. 
the house no, we lived in, the neighborhood we lived in, the memories we had, the 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 neighbors we had. Iamsville, Maryland, number one. Shaka. No, it's not on the list. It was a great place to grow up. You're right, but it was childhood, and it was school, and obnoxious kids, and bullies, and. Yeah, it was. It, if I'm if I'm doing strictly places I have lived, of course it makes the list. But I have visited some really cool places, some really cool cities uh, that I always want to go back to, no matter what. And I think in this particular list, that trumps certain places I've lived. I could throw at Charlotte. Charlotte's definitely on the list. Charlotte is number four. I loved my time there during college. I love living there. I've told Chelsea I want to move back when we can. Uh, you know, when we were contemplating moving back to the East Coast from Wichita, uh, the only reason we really picked Virginia was because it was close to her parents, um, which is always a nice thing to live close to my parents, her parents, you know, the in-laws, whatever, um, to kind of have that support there. Um, otherwise, as we were looking to move back East, it probably would have been the Charlotte area. Uh, Charlotte is number four on the list. I absolutely okay. love Charlotte. Um, I have number one and that is Orlando, Florida, Orlando, Florida, more specifically, well, the, the Disney world universal studios, uh, combination that we went for your, um, your bar mitzvah, stayed at the Polynesian. Yep. Um, that week we were there has to be number one. Uh, it could probably be number one for me as well. Well, so that week on top of, uh, I spent a week there on my honeymoon with Chelsea, just the two of us. I have been back several times, Disney World, Universal Studios, uh, they're magical places. There's nothing more you can say about them. They are so fun, even as an adult. I'm so excited to take Jameson and Ashlyn when we can uh, to see their faces light up. It's number two on my list. All right. Uh, Plantation, Florida. Oh, I said that already. <laughs> Jesus. It's, now it's no, number 400. Plantation, Florida, dude. Okay. Um, Las Vegas, Nevada. Las Vegas, first time I went to Las Vegas was for my 21st birthday with some really old curmudgeon asshole and my brother. And we had an amazing four days there. I've been back to Vegas two more times, I think, since then. Um, it's, it's such an incredible place because it's so unique um, with all the casinos and the Strip and even stuff outside of the Strip. Um, you know, you can go down to Fremont street and there's just some other really cool stuff to do around yeah. Vegas. I have Las Vegas as number five. Come on. You are. No, you're missing number one. That's the only one you're missing. And it, I think at this point it should be extremely obvious. It's, it's not extremely obvious, but I'd say Washington, DC. Shaka. No, try again. Extremely I can give obvious. you a hint. You want a hint? Extremely obvious, yes. That's not in the U.S. Where the hell did you go that was not in the U.S.? I've only been out of the country one time. Oh, okay. Um, Israel. Yes. 
yeah, Israel is number one. The 10 day uh, birthright trip that Josh and I got to take together. Um, he specifically waited to take it when I was old enough and we signed up together. Doing that with him, spending 10 days exploring Israel. Some of the stories I could tell that we did on that trip were just so unbelievable. Uh, it's a beautiful country to go see. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on right now with it. Um, but I a thousand percent one day hope to take Chelsea and the kids to Israel for a visit. You know, Israel we, is number one. As we, we talk about it, and of course, I throw you back uh, my list um, in thinking about it. I spent 10 weeks in Israel, and my Israel trip um, would be in the top five, as would Cooperstown, as would Vegas. Um, for me, Plantation, Florida, and we kidded, is one of the best places I've ever lived. This beautiful townhouse on a lake in a beautiful neighborhood. Um, the Iamsville house um, was a fantastic place to live as a house except for the people I lived with. Um, rude. It, it is rude, but it, 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 it puts enough. Of <laughs> I a, know it's not me and Josh. I know what you're saying. That, it puts enough of a damper on it that didn't make it a happy place, but it was a beautiful home. Oh, a hundred percent. I loved that house. I loved growing up in that neighborhood. I loved, and you know, it's funny when I got together with my friend, Lauren, uh, a month ago or so, whenever her homecoming party, housewarming party was, um, we talked a little bit about it because we both have young kids now. So obviously moving somewhere and, and looking for a house, you got to take schools into consideration. And both of us agreed that Urbana really fucked us because it was such a good school in a good area. It had AP classes and, and, you know, IB programs and all this shit that allowed us to do all these different things and allowed kids to do different things that now we're looking for our kids. And it's like none of these places that we want to live or could live are living up to what we had. Yes. And you want better for your kids, right? So if we had this great school to go to, you know, you want your kids to have even more. And also true. And, and again, not necessarily in order uh, if I'm counting and I have to use my fingers, um, for me, Israel, Disneyland, Disney World, Las Vegas, Plantation, Florida, and maybe San Diego. Uh, not Richmond or Wichita, dude. No, not Wichita. Wichita, so, look, Wichita was a great place to live. It's probably, I haven't, I've probably lived in maybe six places. So Wichita would make the cut and it was yeah, a great but, place to live, but it's not. Not on this list. So, yeah, no, those and, are the, the fives. And look, I I've I got to travel for work for two different jobs that I've had. And I got to go to some pretty cool places, um, especially when I worked for Georgia Pacific. Uh, I got to go to Buffalo and Niagara Falls. That was pretty cool. I got to go to San Antonio. I got to go to Dallas. I got to go to Green Bay, which is actually a pretty cool little city. So I got to go to Savannah, Georgia, which almost made this list, which is a really cool spot uh, in Georgia. 
Um, you know, Atlanta was considered. I lived there for a little bit. Atlanta's a cool town, except for the traffic. So there have been some really cool places that I've got to visit, but uh, I think my list of number five, Vegas, four, Charlotte, three, New York, two, Disney World Universal, and number one, Israel, I think Solid makes the list. most sense. Solid yeah. list. Okay. So that's that's the Daily Dan Top 5 list brought to you by Papa Schmear's Bagels, the top five bagel for a top five breakfast. Come check us out at papashmearsbagels.com or on Instagram at papashmearsbagels. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. Hey, Grandpa. What you yeah. got for us today? Okay, I, I, I'm not sure if I want to do this two ways or not, but I think I will. And at whatever point I am rambling on, I'm going to ask you to stop me. And what sure. it's going to start with is literally history, my birth, my history, up through my early teens, living in Forest Hills, New York, Forest Hills, Queens, New York. But to to give the podcast and to give the kids, which in part and parcel we're doing this for, the verbal history versus the journal history. So let me just start real quick. Um, well, and you mentioned journal history, just real quick for those who don't know. And I think we've mentioned it once or twice. Dad's kept a journal for nearly 50 years almost, on an almost daily basis, writing in what he's done on a daily basis, what's happened, gone back and written some stories of his past that happened before he started journaling and has facts. this 50 year history of his life on an almost daily basis. And it, it's there for the family to read at any given time. Josh has tried some, um, but let me start. May 23rd, 1949. And I say that because the 49 just can knock people born in 1990. And I was born in 1949. You know, it's the 40s and, and that, that kind of shakes me as well. May 23rd, 1949, born uh, to Mildred and David Hendlin. Uh, my father was a lawyer. My mother was a school teacher. Mildred. And when I was born, we lived in an apartment building in Forest Hills. Apartment buildings were prevalent. Block after block after block after block of six-story, usually, apartment buildings with and we talked about it with the trick-or-treating, um, eight apartments on a floor, six floors, two sides. Um, uh, elaborate on Forest Hills, because I, I think a lot of people may hear Forest Hills and may have heard of it, but not necessarily where that is. Forest Hills is in Queens. New York City has got the five boroughs. Um, Queens was probably the nicer of the boroughs, to grow up more residential, um, middle class. Um, pretty much the whole thing was middle class. Uh, Forest Hills certainly, and Forest Hills was a um, a haven for Jews, so that most of the people who lived there were Jewish. Um, the Forest Hills Jewish Center. And between all of the apartment buildings, there was Queens Boulevard, 
harken back to Entourage, who made the movie Queens Boulevard. You kidding? I am Queens Boulevard. Okay. Queens Boulevard ran from the Queensboro Bridge, which took you to Manhattan, to the opposite end of Queens, and, and Forest Hills was pretty much in the middle. But Queens Boulevard was a 10-lane boulevard that ran east and west. And to give you an idea of the, the layout, you're in your apartment building in the middle of a block, um, pretty long block. If we walked up the block 50 yards, you got to Queens Boulevard, and Queens Boulevard was store after store after store. There were very few malls when I was growing up. It was individual stores, and there were no... You went to New York City, and you got the department stores. You had the Bloomingdale's and the Saks and the Lord and Taylor. But out in Queens, you did not. You had the card store in the corner, a luncheonette, a pharmacy, a Chinese restaurant, a bank. There were no 7-Elevens when I was growing up. There were very few gas stations nearby, um, predominantly because cars were not the major way you traveled. It was by bus or more predominantly the subway. The subway would take you into Manhattan and all of the sights and sounds and uh, at that time, big movies there. Um, and yes, to see the other sites. But growing up was middle class. Um, my father, David Hendlin, died when I was a year and a half old. A year later, my mother remarried Arthur Shaw, who adopted my brother and I. And I lived with my brother. And it, again, these apartments were two-bedroom apartments where one was a master the other was a closet. My brother and I literally had twin beds in this room that were about 18 inches apart with an aisle 18 inches apart. There was no air conditioning. There was no microwaves. There were no toaster ovens. You had a stove and you had a refrigerator. That's it. That was your kitchen. But I can only remember happy things and growing up. Um, so Forest Hills middle class had the Forest Hills Tennis Stadium, which was where the, the Open was played for many, many, many years. Um, it was a wonderful place to grow up. But again, we didn't have computers. We didn't have computer games. What we did as kids, we all had bikes. Bikes were huge. You always had a bike. Um, to give you an idea of what we did, we'd go to the elementary school, PS3, um, which was all asphalt and a brick building. And we'd play stickball against the wall. You would draw the strike zone and you'd use a tennis ball and a stickball bat, which looked like a broom handle. And this is predominantly what we did. Um, we'd play stickball. We'd play basketball at the school on the one lousy basket. And we'd ride our bikes. That was it. No games. 
Um, Jameson recently was going through a bag of balls that we have, tennis balls, softballs, baseballs, and found a pink rubber ball. Uh-huh. And so, Dad, what's this pink rubber ball for? Because anytime you see something new, he says, what, what's this for? Because he saw a lacrosse ball once. And so I said, I said it's a stick ball ball. And he said, what's stick ball? And I said, ask Grandpa. <laughs> yep, a spalding. Um, use the tennis ball or you use the spalding, the rubber ball. Um, and and I take the ball out and throw it against the Wilhelm hardware store wall that was right up the block from us. Um, to give you an idea of schools, uh, my elementary school, PS3, grades kindergarten through six, was three blocks away. And you walked to school. And when you were in first grade or second grade, you walked to school by yourself and you crossed um, two big streets and, and later on they had crossing guards, but you would walk the three blocks to elementary school, you would do your elementary school and you would walk home. Um, Did you walk with, like, was, were you by yourself a lot or I'm, were you walking with I'm, a lot of kids because there were other kids in the apartments? and? Um, I remember alone more than anything else. Uh, my brother was six years older than me, so he was never in the school that I was in to walk with me. Um, but I'd walk. I'd be nine years old, walking to school by myself. Then there was junior high school in New York, which was grades seven, eight, and nine, called junior high school. It wasn't called middle school. No one knew what middle school was. It was junior high school, grades seven, eight, and nine. And you walked to Halsey Junior High School, 13 blocks away. And it's it's the old parable of, hey, you know, when I was your age, I walked to school five miles in the snow. Uphill both ways. It was, well, and that happened to be true too. But in this case, it was 13 blocks away. And you walked. No one rode. You walked. And you walked in the snow. And you walked in the heat. And you walked in the rain. And you walked to get to 7, 8, and 9. The high school was also about 13 blocks away. No riding bikes? You said bikes were huge back then. You couldn't ride your bike to school? Nope. You walked. High school in New York was grades 10, 11, and 12. And in the case of Forest Hills High School, to put something into perspective for you people out there, or Jameson now and and subsequent, Forest Hills High School had 5,700 students in three grades, 10, 11, and 12. And we went in shifts. The seniors went from 8 to 12.30. The juniors went from 9 to 3. And the, the sophomores, the, the 10th grade, went from 12.30 to 5. And there were overlaps. If you took band and things like that, you'd start at 10.30 to go to 5. Um, or the 9 to 3 was 8 to 4. But 5,700 people in my How many kids to a class? Give or uh, take. 
They had to be about 35. So big. That's a 35 big class. 35 in, in every class. And Forest Hills High School was huge. It was probably three times the size of Urbana High School. Wow. It was huge. But that was school as well. Um, I, the, the story I would tell, and I loved living there because it was safe. Um, we're talking about the 1950s and 60s, and it was especially Forest Hills and going into Manhattan proper also. And by the time I was 12 years old, I was taking the subway from Queens into Manhattan, and I would attend Nick Games uh, at the Madison Square Garden. And I was 12 years old. Mom would pack me a, a sandwich and a lunch, and off I'd go, and I'd buy a dollar ticket and sit wherever I would sit and and do that often. Or when when the Mets came along, which was 62, and there was Shea Stadium in Flushing, pretty much where um, the new tennis stadiums are now, I would take the train, the, the subway, to Shea Stadium, buy the dollar ticket, sit in the upper deck. Mom made me the chopped liver on challah sandwich with whatever else she put in the bag. Um, and I'd sit there at 12 years old and watch a game. And at 10 o'clock at night, hop back on the subway by myself and go home. You're giving Chelsea anxiety right now just hearing this story. I can, when she hears it, I can tell that again, because, I, you know, at 12, we you know, I, re and I remember playing around the neighborhood, you know, even from eight, you know, we were in the neighborhood, we were in, in Windsor Knolls and maybe not quite eight. Cause obviously we weren't staying out very late, but certainly nine, 10, 11, especially in summer i go out i i'm going out i'm going to see friends around or i'm going on a bike ride or whatever we'd be gone for hours you'd be at work mom be at work whatever no one knew where we were doing anything i feel like it's a similar what you're describing is how i felt i always felt safe in that neighborhood i never felt like anything was and again being a kid maybe it's a little naivety but i never felt you know, it sounds like it was similar, or maybe it was just the time for you. Well, it 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 was it was no, it was the environment of the neighborhood that was safe, pure, and simple. It got worse as the years went on. I also lived there for a time in my twenties, and it was not quite the same. And I worked in Jamaica, Queens, which was a couple of towns over, which was a ghetto. Um, but for the most part, I lived in middle class, fun. We didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we lived in this small apartment. We had the black and white TV when it came out. Uh, we listened to radio a lot because that was the milieu that, that was your entertainment. Um, there were movie theaters. There were three movie theaters in Forest Hills. And again, you'd go by yourself and... 15 cents got you into a double feature and 15 cents got you the bag of popcorn. We would do that often. Um, alone, I'm going, and that was it. it. It was a good place. And the only other thing I will mention 
because we'll have other memories later, is when I was young, eight, nine, ten, I think, mom signed us up for, let's call them day trips on Saturday afternoons. And they would take us to the Statue of Liberty. They would take us to the Empire State Building. They would take us into Chinatown in Manhattan to play or in on arcades and, and do that. And every Saturday, we'd go to a different place. We'd go to the Museum of Natural History. We would go to the Museum, Metropolitan Museum of Art. We would go to the um, planetarium. And it was New York City. It had all of this culture. It was all laid out for us. And that was fun. Um, so growing up in Forest Hills, I wouldn't change it for the world. Um, I'm not sure I'd want to live there now, but certainly when I was there, uh, it certainly had the best Chinese food I've ever had. Um, the Italian restaurant was two blocks down. You shopped in a smaller um, supermarket. Uh, there were no Publix and Giants and Safeways and Kroger's. They were much, much smaller, but it was the time we grew up and I wouldn't change it for the world. That's growing up in Forest Hills and a little bit of my little history. Yeah, really cool to hear a lot of that, not knowing, I mean, obviously, like we kind of mentioned before, that New York City trip when I was 10, Josh was 13, uh, and you got to show us. I think we drove around a little bit, uh, maybe stopped at a deli somewhere up there for lunch. Um, but it was really it was cool to see King. that. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, and got some knishes. Yeah. Um, so I definitely remember that drive and, and seeing that where you grew up. So it's cool to put some of these stories to the pictures that I have from that trip. Well, and unfortunately, there's there's no such thing as video. We didn't have cell phones. I couldn't take pictures. Um, so that what I remember of Forest Hills, uh, yeah, I have some baby pictures and there are some snaps. Um, but there aren't a lot. But I have them. Uh, but it's nowhere near like you said. I've got 15 terabytes of pictures and videos. Right. We didn't have that. Although we did have an 8 millimeter camera. And Dad, Dad Hendlin was religious in taking photos so that almost not even when I was born, but prior, there are videos of the apartment we, we were in and Forest Hills, not quite as built up. So the kids, when they come visit grandpa, I'll pull out the, uh, you know, yeah. and it's on YouTube. We have all of these yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, Josh but, did that for you, I think. So you'll, yeah, so you'll get an idea of what it was all about. Sure. Uh, so, that's really cool. That's my hey, Grandpa, for today. Cool. That sounds great. That was really cool to hear. Um, I'll switch it up a little bit now, and let's move on to our topic of the day, um, which kind of came to me because there's a lot of new music that Chelsea and I specifically listen to and like. Uh, some of our favorites, AJR, uh, one of her newer favorites, Noah Khan. Um, he just released an album. Her, another favorite of her, Jake Scott, is about to release his first album. Um, 
and with new albums obviously come tours and uh it just got me thinking of concerts because growing up especially as a kid you know i I remember some of my friends or people in school going to concerts and you know even in middle school going to concerts and, and i was never a big fan of concerts i never understood the appeal of going when i can just listen to the cd um at the time yes cds it's not cds anymore in your time it was cassettes or eight tracks or whatever the hell you listen to um but I never saw the appeal of concerts. Uh, they were called records. Okay, whatever. You listen uh, to some weird shit. Records. That's like some sort of big CD, uh, right? Phonographs. <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it just kind of got me reminiscing because I definitely want to go see AJR in concert, um, them being my favorite, and having the couple of opportunities of mine go by the wayside once because of COVID they canceled. And the second, because COVID was still around and Chelsea was pregnant with Ashlyn. So we kind of said, let's, let's hold off. Um, It just got me reminiscing about first concerts, favorite concerts. What do you think about concerts? Um, Do you even remember what your first concert was? Yes. And and I'm talking legit. My first concert was probably Raffi. When I was a baby, I'm not. That's not what I'm talking about. My first concert, when I was probably in high school, was going to the Forest Hills Tennis Stadium, which is where they had the concerts, or a lot of concerts. Obviously, Madison Square Garden, but we never went there. And I saw Simon and Garfunkel, and somebody else I couldn't tell you. First concert. Um, and it was fun. And to, as the aside, Simon and Garfunkel uh, went to Forest Hills High School. Oh, interesting. And they went fun to Forest Hills High School when my father, when my brother went. And they started as a group called Tom and Jerry. Um, so that was the first. But the, the first real concert I remember were concerts, were college, and were in college. In other words, the the groups would come to the gymnasium mm-hmm. yep. and you'd have homecoming in the gymnasium. And some of the people that I saw that are remembered, uh, the first major concert I went to was the Chicago, Chicago Transit Authority, or known now as Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blood, Sweat and Tears. Okay. Groups that you probably never heard of, Dan. I've heard um, of all of them. I know all everyone you've mentioned so far. Okay. Um, probably because of you, specifically Chicago. I remember listening to Chicago in your car. Um, Leonard Cohn, Tom Rush are the ones I remember from college. I would then branch next to being married to your mother or courting your mother. Um, there were two places in Maryland that had concerts. It was Merriweather Post Pavilion in Columbia, and it was Wolf Trap in Vienna, Virginia. They had outdoor concerts. You would go early. You'd sit on the lawn. We never, we rarely got arena seats. We'd sit on the grass. You'd, You'd go in, you would pack your lunch or pack your dinner. You would park, you would go, 
Uh, it was like tailgating, if you will. And then the concert would, it would get darker and the concert would start. And your mother and I saw a lot of concerts at both venues, bringing back the Moody Blues, we saw it twice. I, I could name a whole bunch of them. It's in the do journal, you, okay? Do you have a favorite concert well, you've ever been to? You know, I love the Moody Blues because they were my group. Do you want to think about it while I start talking about my concerts? Yeah, let me think about it. Uh, okay. Because I have seen Elton John. I've seen Bette Midler, who is off the, the charts. Well, so... My first real concert that I remember going to, I was actually in college. Like I said, most of my friends had been to numerous Backstreet Boy, NSYNC, Fall Out Boy concerts. My first one was in college, and it was the Blink-182 reunion tour. Uh, I think I was a sophomore in college, and... It was supposed to be with Weezer opening up for them, which would have been a phenomenal concert. Uh, and instead, Weezer had to back out for something. So a young up-and-comer who had one song, and he was kind of dumb and stupid, Asher Roth, opened. But Blink-182 was unbelievable. That was one of those bands I grew up with. Um, you know, sim similarly, we sat on the lawn. It was me and a bunch of kids uh, from college and... Um, we got to go see them. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then really the only other concert I saw in college, and I've seen plenty more since um, since having met Chelsea, because she's big into concerts and music. Um, but really the only other one I saw prior to that was, <laughs> and it's, it's an interesting one for someone my age, was Cool in the Gang opening for Van Halen. Hmm. And that was awesome. That was such a cool concert to go to, um, especially since it was kind of older music. They were just rocking out the arena. I think it was in Greensboro. We drove the hour, hour and a half to get up to Greensboro. And it was so cool. Um, you know, since then, I've seen Ed Sheeran three times, Chelsea's favorite, um, for her first birthday, the first birthday that of hers that we were together. Um, I bought her, me and her sister tickets to Ed Sheeran in Charlotte. It was the first time I've seen him live. I was just getting into his music. Ed Sheeran. If you haven't seen Ed Sheeran in, in concert live, you, he's one of those in this era you have to go see live. He puts on a hell of a show because it's just, especially the one I remember most, it's him and a guitar and that's it. And he builds his songs with his guitar, making bass sounds, banging his guitar and doing loop tracks. And it was unbelievable. Um, I've also seen 21 Pilots. I've seen, we, we actually went, this, this was by far my favorite concert story is Chelsea and I were living in Wichita and we... Uh, we got tickets for Ed Sheeran opening, and this is, he was already super popular. He's a big name already. He was opening for the Rolling Stones at Arrowhead Stadium, which is where the Chiefs play. And so, you know, we get there early because we're really there for Ed Sheeran and 
So we're in our seats. And of course the, the people who are there in the stadium are smoking weed like crazy. Cause they're there for the Rolling Stones. Um, and the stadium's only half full for Ed Sheeran, which is blowing our minds. Uh, and we, we, we didn't stay for the full concert, but we, we watched a few Rolling Stones because uh, it's a three-hour drive. But that's always been my favorite story because everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to see the Rolling Stones. And it's like, yeah, kind of. We were the there Rolling for Ed Sheeran. We didn't, we didn't care too much about the Rolling Screw Stones. But, um, um, but like I, I said, I, I, I never understood the appeal of a concert. Um, I can listen to his music that he made perfectly on Spotify now. Well, I don't need it. You know, part and parcel to that, Dan, because we were talking about whether or not it's worth going to a concert or not. Uh, the two things I'll point out is you can go to YouTube on your TV and you can pull up virtually every concert ever assembled. And, you know, if you're talking about favorite concert, you have to talk about the mega concerts that were out there. Look, would we consider Woodstock a concert? Um, I I have to admit that. I would think Woodstock is what kids today would call a music festival. Which it is. Um, and I, my story with Woodstock, because everybody claims that they were there. Right. Everybody. You talk to anybody in my generation. Oh, yeah, I was at Woodstock. I was at Woodstock, but I wasn't at the music festival. I was five miles away at Swan Lake, at Camp Ranger, as a counselor in camp, five miles away. So we saw the the road blockages and everything else, but we always we we tried to get away to see it for a night, and we couldn't. But I was five miles away, but I wasn't at the concert. But and and again, forgive me. You'll tell me the number one concert ever, and Wembley Stadium uh, with the multiple people uh, was uh, Live Aid. Live Aid, and I've seen Live Aid. In fact, when it was on live, I would tape it on my VHS tape, and at one point <laughs> had the Live Aid concert uh-huh. there. But. Um, you can see the concerts on your TV now. So is it worth going? No. Now I, I would. So from my perspective, is there anybody I would go see live right now for any reason? The answer is no. I'm also old. I'm not going to a concert, that type of thing. But my wife would go to a pink concert and did a year ago when they were right up here, and she loved it. It was $400 a ticket, which is the other thing that that yeah. deters you from going to a concert. You can't get in for five bucks like we used to. Yeah, I, you know, you look at, I think, Ed Sheeran's last major tour. He grossed half a billion dollars just yeah. touring. Well, um, we Taylor going- Swift on her tour now is probably going to make a billion dollars gross. Look, Dan. When we went to Merriweather, the tickets were probably 15 bucks, and you got to see two groups. The opening group, which tended to be good, uh, Bob Seger and the, the Silver Bullet Band, um, the Doobie Brothers, you would see them, uh, Moody Blues, for 15 bucks a ticket, and that made it worthwhile. And, you know, if you're dating somebody, it's 
It's a trip with plenty of parking, two people in concert. You're sitting on the grass. Um, you're eating your your basket of, of goodies. That was fun. Going to a Madison Square Garden or going to a, a major arena or a stadium to watch a concert, to me, is bogus. I will not do it again. Uh, although, again, depending on who it is, Andrea would go see Pink if we could afford it and and go. And yeah, the ticket price is, is what kills me the most, too. And again, like I said, when AJR starts their new tour for this new album, anywhere the closest they're going to be, we almost will guarantee to get tickets. Same with Jake Scott for Chelsea, who she got to see at the 930 Club in D.C., which is a very small venue, you know, not that many people. So it's very intimate. Uh, and she absolutely loved that. Um, so we'll probably see if his next major group, tour. I, I can understand well, it. But but again, if you can watch a concert, a full concert on TV yeah. with a, well, an up close and personal look, why go? Well, and that that's what's so cool about AJR for me is the the year COVID hit 2020, we were literally going to get tickets. We're living in, in Colorado uh, and we were, they were coming to Denver and we were going to get tickets uh, for me, Chelsea and Justin, um, Chelsea's cousin, my friend. And, uh, and we were all going to go. And it was like the day after my birthday was the concert and COVID hit and they canceled the tour. And so they didn't go, but what they did is they said, okay, what can we do to get to our fans? And the day after Christmas, they released this online concert and you basically paid 30 bucks and you streamed their concert and they put on a concert just without an audience and they did everything. They did the, what they, how they would perform it. And if you paid 40 bucks instead of 30, which we did, then you could do different camera angles and pick and choose how you wanted to see it. And it was so cool that they did that. Um, so that I've de facto seen them in concert without seeing them live, like in person. Um, and they put on a hell of a show. They do some really creative stuff. They will break down their song sometimes and say, you know, this is how we kind of started. It was really cool to see. Uh, and I'm actually really excited to see them in and, in person. Yeah, but, but you couldn't name five groups that you would go see. It's concerts are, are for, I think, the young I don't think that it, it makes it prevalent. I think you pick and choose your battles mm-hmm. where we went all the time. And even if we didn't love a group, we went because of the experience. But now, curmudgeon-wise, um, I wouldn't go on a bet if the Beatles uh, got together from their graves and <laughs> and put on... I don't know. I'd, I'd pay to go see the Beatles. Well, but I that's because... Know. You because grew I, up with the Beatles and I didn't. And they're the greatest rock band of all time. But I can go online and I can see and do. Um, and and some of the best ones that I've seen are on TV. Um, so I'll tell so you what, if, if Freddie Mercury was still alive, I would pay a lot of money to see Queen. I would probably go see Queen in concert if they came around in their prime. Right. Yes. They never came to America where I was to see them, but Queen would be yeah. a group I would go see. But be that as it may, now 
you know, when it comes on on the TV, and there are lots of them, um, is when I would see it. But I won't go yeah. to one. Yeah, I've I've got to see the people that I've wanted. You know, Ed Sheeran. I've been to a Taylor Swift concert. Uh, Chelsea and I drove the five hours to Omaha and stayed overnight to see a Taylor Swift concert a couple of tours ago. Um, and you know, uh, AJR is the one I want to see. Is if I can see AJR, I'd be good. I wouldn't need to go to another concert again. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Well, we want to hear your thoughts, so let us. Uh, let us know what you're thinking about concerts or uh, let us know some cool places you visited. Um, I hope you guys are, are enjoying. This is our second. Hey, grandpa. Um, we'll try and get a little less rambly with that. And I'll start asking some more questions and it'll be a little more conversationally. Uh, but let us know your thoughts. Send us an email. Dudesuppodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram. Um not too much going on. I think we could have a a fun podcast coming up. I don't know if it'll be the next one, uh, but I think down the road, maybe in a couple of weeks, uh, we'll have a really cool podcast. I'm hoping. I'm still trying to get some stuff in the works, so stay tuned for that. Um, anything else? Uh, that's all for now. Cool. Dan? Sir? I'll see you when I see you. Ladies, gators.